0: BLOB TALK RADIO R.U. GRAY! READY IT'S TIME FOR THE GET READY SHOW! Best in pro wrestling talk. And that's the bottom line. The first <sighs> This right here is the future of wrestling! And it begins.
1: Ken Reedy Show. We are the best around. Nothing is ever going to keep us down, and we're here to kind of bring it to you. Uh, We're going to be changing some stuff up on the show here, so we're excited for you guys to be here. Um, We got the Facebook Live going, so I got my, it's kind of an antiquated way. I'm sure there's a better way, technologically speaking, to get this set up, but uh, I have Facebook Live um, on the iPad with the iPad kind of leaning against the computer and we are broadcasting live on the kenreedyshow.com, which I'm going to post right now on the page. So you can see that. And why is this sharing now? There we go. So we're pretty not now. Other thing, we have been on the air in so long that stuff's like I'm getting tutorials on things. Like I'm getting tutorials on Facebook and, and blog talk radio. but... We are live on the air. Thank you all for tuning in. we got lots of stuff to talk about. It's been a a crazy few months. Um, Just like to let you guys know, uh, part of the reason we've been off the air for so long, um, in the time spent of about a couple weeks, my phone uh, shorted out, my iPad went, and uh, and my computer went. So it was like, all right, how can I get to like Apple and other, and then of course like Apple, I don't know if you knew this Roth, but like there's a thing. My Apple computer, it's vintage. Oh, really? Much like me. Okay. It's vintage. <laughs> so, therefore, Apple can't fix it. <laughs> and you've seen, like, my, my computer, like, I got one of those, what'd you say, like, 22 inch? Yeah. It, it's a big ass monitor. Yeah. yeah. It's a big ass computer. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I brought it, I love this to Apple just for them to tell me, oh, you got to come back when there is a technician here. Lugged it back home. So I'm not going to leave this big monstrosity in my car. So I have to, you know, bring it back home, bring it back in the house. lug it back to Apple for the technician to say, oh, no, we can't fix that. Wow. We, we can't fix that. And give me a list of places that I can go to fix it. Then they finally get it there. And then it was there for a few weeks, a few hundred bucks. And then, uh, so here it is. And then, of course, life and whatever. So we, we've been off the air for a while, but we are excited to be here. Uh, we're back We're back on the air. We're on Facebook Live. Um, thanks, Steven. Togermont, he's hardly ever on Facebook anymore. So that's good to know. And It's good to share with the audience just in case. Is anyone out there that was concerned about Steve on Facebook? He's hardly ever on Facebook anymore. But at least he's on Facebook Live with us tonight. Nice. So lots of stuff to get into. Just to let you guys know, uh, just to let all you motherfuckers know, so one of the changes that I'm doing with the show because I just I want the show to kind of be a little more freeform, have some fun with it, fucking let loose. We've gone to a rated R. We're not uh, we're not for the PG. I don't remember what the ratings are, but whatever the rating that I went to is, we're we're gonna cuss, we're gonna we're gonna use some expletives, we're just gonna let the the shit fly. Okay. Um, exactly. Okay. So that is one of the changes. Um, we are also going to be, you know, we're going to be primarily a wrestling show, but you know what? If shit from pop culture kind of floats our boat, uh, you know, the Avengers are out. You, know, you saw it. I haven't seen it yet, so we're not talking about it. Um, Cobra Kai season two. Cobra Kai, just amazing. Uh, we're going to look to get some actors and, and some celebs on also. So we're not going to be, we're going to be wrestling centric, but we're not going to be totally focused on wrestling all the time. It's just going to be. Whatever we feel like spitballing on on a given night, we may just go with it. So, um, and for you guys, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Something's just chapping your thighs, and you need to get something off your chest, and you have a subject matter that you wanna you wanna talk about. If you're if you're out there thinking like, goddamn left, they're always offended over just everything. Just shut the fuck up. Go ahead and call us. By the same token, if you're like God damn it, the right just blindly worships that orange overgrown Opa Loompa in the White House. God damn it, call us. We'll talk about that shit too. We're going to talk about anything and everything that's out there under the sun while kind of trying to keep a wrestling focus. So as you saw on Facebook Live, um, Rocky is in studio, Internet, internet. Independent Wrestling Sensation, uh, Rocky Santiago is in studio with us tonight. Rocky, how are you doing this evening?
2: Ken, it is great to be back after such a long hiatus. Uh, I know you went through a large journey with that big hunk of metal that's on your desk right now. I didn't realize how involved that journey was until you, uh, Pain in the ass. you illustrated it to all of us. But uh, it has been a long time. There is plenty to talk about, and it is great to be back in studio for the Ken Reedy Show on
1: yeah, and things are going to be a little bit different. Like I said, Rocky's going to be in studio most weeks, so we're hoping. Um, Dave is no longer affiliated uh, with the show. We wish him the best in all his future endeavors. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It was a, it was a uh, mutual parting of the ways, uh, very amicable. We're still in touch. It's not, it's not scandalous or any way, shape, or form. Uh, check out Dave's new podcast, Kicking Out at Two. It's a uh, a retro kind of thing and goes through uh, different old school stuff, uh, really breaks it down. I did an episode with him where I talked about uh, my WrestleMania experiences over the years. It's good stuff. And uh, Dave, you know, has always had that real solid knack for history. Um, you know, we're going to miss him on the show. Cause I don't remember dates for shit. So it, it's, you know, the, for me, it was always like, Oh, you know, like a couple of years ago when Rollins was, wrestling the guy with the thing and the gimmick and dave would be like oh yeah that, that was march of 2017 it was a raw in hartford he was the third match on the car and i was, was like what the fuck yeah yeah i said so, i'm gonna have to do a lot of homework I, I, i'll i'm
2: gonna try to do a lot of homework to remember dates and stuff but uh, you know dave in that regard was definitely second
1: yeah it's gonna be a lot you're like, see on the show a lot of things were like you know, especially if I keep doing the Facebook Live. Like, if you're, if you're on Facebook Live, it's good to see you. And Mike Ferrara's is on there. Magic Mike. The oh, wow. On Facebook Live. But there'll, there'll be times where you're, you're probably going to see, I'll start talking about something, and I'll start to try to remember it and I'll go like this. You can't see, but I'll probably start doing this. And that would be my signal to Rocky to grab his phone and start researching when the hell that happened <laughs> so we can actually pretend that we know what we're talking about. Um, but – yeah, so we, we got a lot of stuff going on, and we want, we're going to spitball, and we got stuff, uh, you know, in our own lives, um, you know, things get busy, and, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to actually talk about, because I, I, you know, I started on Instagram, and uh, I've decided I'm going to allow, uh, just keep myself accountable, and, um, you know, kind of monitor my own progress, but I'm also, you know, I'm, fuck it, man, I just love attention, you know, I mean, I, I'm a glutton for attention, um but but Rocky, you know, Rocky and myself both started seeing um a nutritionist to kinda of get ourselves uh in, in better shape and uh neither one of us have closed the doors on uh getting back in the ring at some point and kind of uh mixing it up again uh in the squared circle. So uh getting back in shape for that. But um I mean correct me if I'm wrong, Rocky, but you're you're kind of doing it just to kind of get yourself in better shape, perhaps get back in the ring, just general health, myself, I am actually training, uh, you know, because I thought at 47 years old, like that's the perfect time to do my first bodybuilding competition. I mean, that that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. So, I mean, it's funny. I turned 35, and post-35, I did my first ever powerlifting competitions. I did my first ever Spartan. I jumped in a wrestling ring, and now I'm going to do a bodybuilding competition. So, age is just a number. Age is just a number. So, I'll be doing that and I'm, I'm kind of psyched. It's, it's scary. Um, you know, I actually posted like a, a, a half naked picture on Instagram today as kind of a, this is the progress, which, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, women don't have the, the, uh, ownership on being self-conscious. I was extremely self-conscious posting that. Um, but I'm like, you know what, this is going to keep me accountable and I'm going to go along this journey with, uh, people online. And, uh, Obviously, at times I'm going to be pandering for words of encouragement, but I'm kind of psyched to be doing that. I know Rocky, you started. We both started. This was our first week working out and
2: dieting. How'd that go? Uh, it, it went good for me, Ken. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like it, it made me think about a lot of things, simply uh, because, especially uh, for those folks at home that don't know, I spent six years in the military myself. Uh, I was uh, I was extremely fit. And it made me think, because especially with this uh, plan that we're following, you know, we, it's completely regimented. We have the workouts. We have the diet. We have the whole nine yards. And I'm looking at the foods, and I'm thinking back to those old times. Like you said, Ken, we're, we're doing this in our in our later years. I'm thinking back to my military time. I'm like, you know what? I completely ate like shit during my military times, and I was still in fucking shape. I, I, I missed the ability to do that because, Lord knows, like well, once you hit that the post-35, post-40, you know, if you smell the wrong food and forget about it, then you're completely, you're completely
1: off the rails. I, I miss those times. I mean, I remember like when I first started lifting and started getting into it back in my twenties, like, I just remember, you know, you put on a couple pounds and it's like, well, just I will work out hard for the week. You know, <laughs> you know like, all of a sudden, oh, I just dropped 10 pounds. It's good. It's good week. Um, not the same anymore. And, and, you know, we're all going on this journey together. Um, myself, Uh, Rocky, um, you know, for general health and what have you. We're going to talk about this a little bit, but we have also producer Michelle is going to get in on it, who is also on a journey of sorts. Let's bring her on. Michelle, how are you doing this evening?
3: Hey, guys. It's the producer, Michelle, all-star Michelle D., if you will, really. (laughs) I'm calling because I'm I'm producing the show. Everything sounds good. It's working. It's getting out there. But I'm really excited that we can curse now. (laughs) <laughs> i'm calling to curse i'm going to curse out every time i do a a body by warren workout and i do a uh, pushing of the sled which with hundreds and hundreds of pounds that's when i'm going to curse so i was very excited about that we are rated r now yeah but true. i'm also i'm also calling to find out can we need the carb repel right for the uh the dot fit products that we're we're going with here
1: you're really calling the show to ask what supplements we need to order?
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was really calling because we, we curse, and yet I have not cursed. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'll get there. But you were talking about, uh, you know, our new, our new uh, weightlifting and diet program. I hate the word diet. I really do. I mean, it is. We are on a particular diet, but it's really a change in lifestyle, which we've done several times in our life. We kind of change our lifestyle, and then we change it back, and then we change our lifestyle, and we change it back. But you know, we're all in it together and I think we're all doing some good here with the change of lifestyle goals.
1: All right. You feeling good so far on it?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean we've been really good this week. I mean, uh we're we're getting ready for our cheat tonight, so I'm kind of excited about that too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, knowing us, I mean, it's, it's it's a weekend. It's very hard because sometimes we start at Thursday and we end on Sunday. So when you limit it to really, truly one cheat, it's very tempting to to get that last one in on, you know, that last, I just want to go out on Sunday. So we were really good and I'm proud of us for not going out Thursday or Friday or Saturday. And so now we get the cheat. So, you know, that's, that's my spiel for today.
1: Well, all right. Well, don't be a stranger. We'll have like a Warren check-in like every
3: show. <laughs> yes, and and we can curse now. So and one and I'll curse at some point, but you know. All right, that, that'll be. You like guys, a... good luck. Have a good show. I'll be out here running things and taking care of the puppy.
1: Cool. Thank you. Thanks for the call.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: And uh, yeah, so so just so everyone knows and people who, who jumped on the uh, Facebook Live. Um, and and thanks for, for tuning in. Uh, right now, it, it's really just a poor man's setup for the show. So I'm not the 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 iPad is not like wired in to the show per se. I'm, I have vodka in my mustache. Um, I can't like it's weird it's now because I'm just used to like being able to like you know it's a radio show. So I'm like, but well, like y'all can see that. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, you can't hear Michelle. Michelle called in, but you can't hear her because the phone's not wired in. So if there's anyone watching the Facebook Live who is more technologically savvy than I am, uh, would love to kind of have this whole thing, like, wired up. Um, but I'm just doing Facebook Live for fun because so I thought it would be fun for you guys to kind of see the behind the scenes. thing oh, there's something on the lens. there. So um, Yeah, so we're, um, we're doing this diet thing, and, and it, which prompted me because, you know, it's funny, man. And, and I got to tell you something. That one of the things that struck me, and, and we Michelle and I have kind of been like, you know, trying to get better for the better part of like the year. And um, what prompted me to, to start to get more fit, and, and I do I, I do prefer to say get fit as opposed to lose weight, even though losing weight is, is part of it, obviously. Um, but I went, to, I'm a big Prince fan. Those of you, most of you on the Facebook Live know I'm a big Prince fan. And I went to Paisley Park last year, and like I was a <laughs> and, I like, it's amazing how that shit, like, creeps up on you and you don't realize it And it's like, you know, hey, man, let's go out for a beer It's like, all right, cool, Let, let's go out for a beer on Saturday Okay, shit, I don't want Monday to come around Let's go out for a beer on Sunday night All right, cool, yeah Wednesday, hump day, let's go out for a beer Yeah, okay, Thursday, the weekend's almost here Let's go out And, like, and every time you go out for a beer, it's like wings and pizza And then all of a sudden, it's like, shit and, and it was funny that, like, I, I, I took a picture inside Paisley Park next to, like, this big mural uh, of Prince, and I was, like, really disgusted with the picture. And, and, I, and you've probably seen the GIF that, that circulates It's not, like, go to the, your GIF section on your phone and, and type in Prince. And there's a, there's a GIF where, where Prince just is looking at the camera and just shakes his head in disgust. I'll do it on Facebook Live. He kind of looks like this. <laughs> and I literally could Like after I saw the picture of him Like Prince was just a guy At least for me That, that really and truly believed in the best in humanity and, and wanted to see us Be better than we are And wanted to see Humans be kinder Be better um, You know he himself was a vegetarian And not that I'm saying he had to be a vegetarian To be healthy or whatever But Prince like just kind of believed in, like, being the best version of yourself. And I felt like being as big a Prince fan as I I am, and I know it's, like, kind of a weird thing, but I actually felt, like, almost guilty that I shouldn't have been allowed into his house looking like that because I wasn't at my best. And it just kind of prompted me, like, I I need to get get more fit, which also led me to, to thinking about this whole idea in our society. And this is kind of what I said. We're going to be talking about other things. I was ashamed of myself. Um, I was I'm looking in the mirror, and, and I and I do think on some levels in life in general, at times, a little bit of shame is a healthy thing. Uh, a little bit of shame, like, hey, I did something wrong. Hey, I don't, I'm not my best. Hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't have had like 25 pieces of pizza last night and, and wings, and then when I got home, made pasta because I drank too much beer and I needed carbs and. You know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And, and, I, and I, I look at a lot of shit in our society right now. And, you know, with, with like fat shaming, and, and I, I would never judge someone as a person. You could, be a, you could be a fit person and be an asshole. You could be a heavy person and, and be the nicest, amazing person in the world. And I'm not telling anyone how to live their life. However, when you talk about getting in shape or being in shape or being the healthiest version of yourself, I hate this whole notion of, oh, my God, you're fat-shaming now. Like, I don't need to be. I'm proud of Good, good. You're proud of who who you are. You know what? When I saw the picture of myself, I wasn't proud of who I was. And you know what? And there was nobody that was judging me. There was nobody that was saying, like, oh, Ken's a bad person now because he can't fit into half his clothes. You know, I was essentially shaming myself. Um, but I was disgusted with who I would become and, and recognized that, number one, I had started to lack a little bit of self-control, which, again, self-control is a thing we all could work on and, and not just eating, but to be better in general in our lives. And, and honestly, as much as I've worked out and I've done the gym thing for years, um, kind of thought, you know what, I need some help. And as much as people, you know, I, I think it's great as far as mental illness and 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 different mental disorders that the the shame of going to a therapist is no longer there. Um, By the same token, I felt like I need help and I, I sought out a nutritionist and to to get a guide um, as far as how I could diet and not only how I could diet, but how I could eat better long-term. So the, the weight loss and the, and the body fat percentage loss has been a slow journey, but it's been staying off, which is ultimately the goal. And ultimately now I'm looking at November where I need to get – I'm at like 20% body fat. I need to get to like three, like <laughs> four or five at the most, but we're, we're shooting for three. Um, I, I just kind of get myself like why why is it so wrong right now for us to kind of say, hey, like it's okay to, to look at being better. Hey, I'll, I'll use in the context of wrestling fans and all you fat-ass wrestling fans out there, why do you not watch – why does it bother you when someone like like a Triple H comes down to the ring and, flex, like, I look at him and I'm like, God, I wish I looked like him. God, I got, I got to hit the gym harder. Like, I admire that, that guy's dedication and focus and, and what he, he's been able to do with his body. What he's been able to do with his body with some significant injuries. Sure. Um, I admire a hell lot of people like that, and I don't think it, it should be construed as, Shaming or, or making people feel bad about themselves. I just think we all need to elevate ourselves and, and be the best version we can be.
0: Yeah, well,
2: you know, sometimes, you, sometimes you run the spectrum because I even remember I remember what kickstarted me into looking at myself and saying, okay, wow. I, I've taken things way too far. Because, like I said, during, during my military time, I was a solid, I was a solid 170, and my body fat was probably in the very low teens at that point, but. Way before that, and obviously after that, I fell off that wagon. I fell off that wagon hard. But the the incident that really kickstarted me into uh, into going on my fitness journey was really it was an encounter with one Rip Rogers. Uh, for for those in the wrestling circles, who know Rip Rogers, very uh, a very well known wrestling trainer. Uh, we had a, a seminar with Rip. Uh, where it was, a, it was a weekend long seminar, and I'll never forget to this day uh, when he looked at me at that point. In my, and he looked at me, he's like, If you want to make, I, I'm maybe paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure I'm spot on with the quote If you want to make your heavyweight championship look like a joke, put it on this badass. Oh. And, like, and, and, and look, you know, obviously, that that
1: might be fat shaming. That,
2: that, <laughs> that no, might just be. That, that, was, that was complete fat shaming. But again, I I'd say it runs the gamut because you know what? As a Marine, as a military guy, I can appreciate the, the the right at the middle, bust down the door approach, and that's really what it was. It was, dude, you're fucking fat. And I had I had to look in the mirror at that night. I had to look in the mirror and say, you know what? It, it, it was not the nicest of language, granted, but the man has a goddamn point. And from you know, from that day forth, uh, I think that was uh, that was forty pounds ago. Part you know, part of that I do have to attribute to Rip Rogers. But as far as, you know, I know Rip will probably never listen to this, but if, if Rip, if you're listening, you know, I'm forty pounds later and you're still old. So <laughs> But no, no. I, I really love Rip. I, I thank I thank him for his tutelage and I thank him for, you know, really knocking it in my head that, you know, it, it, Sometimes you do have to be shamed. Sometimes shame, you know shame while connotated as a negative emotion, sometimes shame is warranted. sometimes shame is good because that can affect change. And uh, I think in this day and age where it seems negativity you know and hey you know that ne- negativity is not good, but sometimes negativity is necessary. I'm sorry to inform the general public.
1: Yeah. And I just, you know, to me, I, I just think it's kind of like what you're saying There, you know, there are bad people in this world and there are people out there that try to make uh, people feel bad about themselves. And, and I don't think that's cool. I, I don't, I don't think it's cool. I, I do think that, uh, and th- th- there's a lot in this country right now where, um, and, and I think it's coming from the left and the right that people sure. just, uh, you know, aren't nice to each other. And, and I think there's be said for just being kind um, ultimately though, I, I think when it comes to shame, um, you're in charge of yourself, and and how I don't think anyone can really shame anybody else. It, it's how you take um, information out there and how you allow it to affect yourself. And I know it's easier said than done, um, but if you take like you did, you took something like that and you used it as motivation. For me, it wasn't anyone saying anything to me. It was me looking at a picture, and it had nothing to do with society. It had nothing to do with, like, you know, what I think I should look like. It had nothing to do with, um, you know, looking at a fitness magazine and looking at models and thinking, oh, my God, why am I not like that? It was in and of myself. Like, I just, you know, I, I just looked at myself. I'm like, that's not who I want to be, um, you know, and I'm not what I want to be yet. Uh, but but it's ultimately a journey. And uh, I, I think we all, whether it's intellectually, uh, achievement-wise, uh Fitness-wise, we all should be striving to be the best version of ourselves we possibly can be, and it's just—it's a shame right now that like that whole shaming thing becomes a thing, and, and at times I feel like it becomes an excuse not to do anything, and that—that's the thing that um, is somewhat disconcerting. We're gonna go out to the phones, you know. I this might be Mike on the on the line. I'm not—I sure. used to have everyone's numbers memorized, but it's been so long, so we're just gonna go out to the phones and call. Are you there?
0: You have Magic Mike on the line. What's up, guys? It's
1: Magic Mike. How you
0: doing, Mikey? All right, Ken. You know, I'm glad that you're back, bro. I I missed you.
1: Missed you too. Glad to be back. Thanks a lot for calling. I'm glad you're uh, you're still on board. You've been with us like really since since day one, which is Jesus Christ is getting close to a decade. So that's that's cool that you're still on board with us. Thanks for the phone call. What do you yeah, got? Yeah,
0: I you know. You no, know, I you know I met you guys at DWO show in uh, 2012, and and I've been with you guys. Big fans of you, uh, you know. And uh, what Rocky said about Rip Rogers, um, I I actually good friends with Rip, and I can tell you, Rip is like that. You know, Rip is very motivational, but at times he comes off hard. And um, and uh, he's he's uh you know if you if you listen to what Rip says. And, you, you know, he likes the, uh, the old-school wrestling. And you see how, how a lot of people could take that out of content, text. But, uh, you know, but, I mean, you know, I, you know, Rip, like I said, Rip is, is cool, but you never know what he's going to say at times. Yeah, no,
2: I got nothing but love for Rip, and uh, the man's tremendous.
3: The
0: man is absolutely tremendous. Uh, another thing I wanted to let you guys know, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a movie. It's called 355 Days.
1: No, I haven't. Uh, Explain. Is it good? Should we see it? Give us, give us your
0: view. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, WrestleMania weekend. I uh, I was at Rawway, New Jersey. I got to go see uh, CZW versus WrestlePro. Pro. Oh. How did that show go? Uh, that show went very well, and. As I was there, I met Evan Ginsberg. Evan Ginsberg was there, and and Evan was with Greg the Hammer Valentine. And Evan Ginsberg and um, a couple of uh, producers and people that made the movie. It's called 355 Days. It's a documentary about the lifestyles of, of all our favorite wrestlers.
1: I did hear about it. I forgot the the um, the name of it, and and it's funny because for for a few years now I have heard that it's supposed to be coming out, and they didn't know when. So the movie's out. It's finished. It's it done. How you saw it? Was it great? Was it? Was yes, it was I saw.
0: I picked up my uh. I picked up my no. I picked up my copy. Uh, you can get your copy at Amazon. dot com or wherever oh. videos are sold. And it was excellent. <laughs> I watched it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna re uh I'm gonna rewatch it. it it's excellent. Uh Greg The Hound Valentine, uh J J James J. Dillon um is in it. Um, you know, uh the Hitman Heart's in it. Um or a couple of deceased wrestlers are in it, like um Jimmy Snooker, um, he's in it, and Ox Baker. And it's it's really cool. It goes around and it tells a tale. Of what these men went through, 355, you know, 350 days away from their family, and you know, some of the stuff they did that they were ashamed of doing, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I really wanted to see because you know, it's funny with with wrestling nowadays, and um, you know, and I, I don't mean this to come off as bad mouthing or bashing the WWE, but a lot of documentaries now are. are uh, done through the WWE, so that everything has like a WWE colored glasses. And I, when I saw this documentary was being made, I was really intrigued because um, you know that's the thing that's uh, and, and I, you know it's funny with the WWE. I feel like they really they they want to f- focus a lot more on like the good, which I get, like the great side, the fun side, the crowd, the the pomp and circumstance, the spotlights, and not so much on the grind, and and this documentary really intrigued me because this was really and it's on the independents. It's not the WWE grind. It's the independents grind. And uh, so you're saying they did a good job with it. I'm gonna have to check it out.
0: Yeah, no, it did, they did a very good job um, for it. Um, it was very well produced, very well documented, um, very scary at times because Greg the Hammer Valentine's driving, and I didn't know he does still does that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Very very scary at times uh, The other thing I want to touch base with you guys I don't know if you've seen it You just talked about the WWE putting out documentaries um, There's been a bevy of these documentaries um, I believe it's on It's on Viceland TV And I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen it It's um, one of them uh, focuses on Macho Man and Elizabeth I
1: have seen them I've seen um... The Macho Man one, I saw the Brody one, and uh, I saw the uh, the Montreal Screwjob one. Um, since you, you know what? Since you brought it up, and we'll keep you on. What the hell? We'll talk movies. Um, I'm curious what your, your thoughts were on the Macho Man one, because I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great, only because, I would number one, I have a hard time, and I get it. Like, you're doing this documentary. You want to do a documentary. You want to do it on Macho Man and Elizabeth. I have a hard time having Linda Hogan being the voice that we're listening to in this documentary, as opposed to Hogan or someone else that maybe was, was around like in the locker room, one of the boys Um, Mm -hmm. that kind of bothered me. The other thing is most of that story I've heard already, you know, there were maybe little tidbits that I didn't know about, but uh, most of the story, the gist of the story I had heard already, I really would love to see a documentary on Elizabeth and Macho Man, centered around, like, post their divorce. Like, a documentary that takes place, like, where maybe the first 10 minutes is, you know, they're running the WWE, and then, like, the divorced going. I would have liked to have seen more of how exactly did Luger and Elizabeth get together? How did that courtship happen mm-hmm. um, later on? I would have loved to have seen, like, What led Macho Man to TNA and and having his his small run in TNA? But how did that come about? You know, he was getting up there in age, but he did go to TNA. Um, There's stuff like later on, you know, Macho Man came out with that rap, that anti-Hogan rap. Um, There's stuff like later on in their lives that I would have liked to have seen more of that I had not heard about. And I don't know what happened. Um, So I thought it was good. And if you know nothing about pro wrestling or if you just know, hey, there was Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth and you didn't know the backstory, I thought it was good. But if you're a wrestling fan and kind of knew it, I don't think they really presented any real new information. The broken <clears throat> yeah, one, yeah. one was incredible because I didn't know right. a lot of that at all. Tony Atlas really shined a spotlight on uh, what happened um, in that locker room. So I thought that was phenomenal. Mm. Macho Man one, not so much. Your thoughts, Mike?
0: Well, no, my 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 thoughts were like they didn't tell you about the time when uh when uh a little bit Elizabeth put uh Macho Man up in the torture rack. They didn't tell you that stuff. Um, you know, I uh, know uh, they uh, no. It to me to me when it came out, it was like okay, they're telling the real stories. They're kind of banishing. you know. They're kind of doing banishing. I mean, because think about it, a lot of these stories, a lot of the wrestlers, like like Macho Man Elizabeth, they're not here to, to to say what really happened. And I get what you're saying about Linda. It's like, Linda, do we really have to see you? I mean, you know, no, <laughs> nobody else was interested in seeing Linda. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just so weird. Like, you know, well, she would come over, you know, and, and, and Carrie and I would be with her, and then, you know, Macho Man would come to the door and, you know, um for a while, we didn't even know who Elizabeth was anymore, you know. It's like, okay, Linda, we got it, you know. You don't have to tell us all that stuff. I watched it because I was hoping there were some things that I didn't know, but I guess, I don't know, I guess I was, I was, I was looking more of warm and, and feeling stuff, and now we're getting the truth, just like the Montreal Screwjob, which is perfect, what you just said about us knowing something. You know, Tim Cornette and Russo, who pitched the idea? I don't know if you heard it on Brit, um, what's his name? Um, you know, um, Brother Love's podcast, Bruce Pritchard. You know, he covered it. I mean, we knew the job happened, but we didn't know. You know, obviously McMahon pulled the strings, but that's the biggest storyline: the the job, the uh, unfortunately treatment of Bruce Brody. You know, Tony Alice if, if you guys have met Tony, which I have, Tony's funny. The way he talks, he's funny, but. I don't know what you think about it, Rocky. Well, I,
2: I can't. I can't say that I've uh, watched that doc, That particular documentary. I know I have met Tony Atlas. I have talked to Tony Atlas. He is a funny guy. Um, I, as far as you know, as far as Brody, I've actually listened to more of uh, the story from Salio Vega uh, because he speaks extensively on what, what happened with Brody. And as far as the Montreal screw job, you know, when you have uh, Vince Russo and you have Jim Cornette, those, you know, those are just two freaking rabbit cats and you throw them in a box and it's just going to be one, you know, no one's going to agree on anything. You know, everyone's going to point the finger. Everyone's going to say, I did this. No, I did this. So it, you know, when it comes to that, I think it's hard, you know, while we can, we can speculate that, yeah, we know the truth. Uh, in the wrestling world, it's always hard to figure out if you know if you're actually getting the solid, the solid story or if you're you're getting the mark story. So I, you know, if for me, you know, the Montreal Screwjob, I, I had to look at the Montreal Screwjob from the perspective of Brett. Uh because you know he's the cat getting screwed, and he was there, and you, you're gonna have a lot of uh, you're gonna have a lot of guys say different things happen in the back. But at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it is all about Brett and what happened to Brett and h- how it came about. And, you know, the, the, the one thing we can – I think we can all agree about and we can all be consistent about is Vince, uh, Vince screwed Bret Hart. A- and also, conversely, a little bit, Brett did put Vince in that position, being that, you know, he, he gave such, a, such agita about dropping the an idol and whatnot. But at the end of the day, Vince did what he had to do.
1: And, you know, what happened, happened. There's not much else to be said about that. Agreed. I mean, it's I mean not, you, know, uh, you know, Vince was in a, an unenviable position. Uh, you know, and it, it is, I think over time, and I'm not saying I side with Vince, but I think you empathize a little more with Vince as time goes on. I mean, I was a Bret Hart guy. So when it happened, it was like, I bet You bastard. You <laughs> bastard. And then it's, and when he came out like Brett screwed Brett. Oh you son of a oh, I hate Miss McMahon and then WCW completely shit the bed with the way they used Bret Hart. But uh <laughs> yes they um you know over yeah, the years you of, know you think about I'll, what yeah, what yeah. would you have done like if I was you know on the verge of losing my company um and it's it's all I've ever known and my top commodity was going to go to my competitor what do i do yeah. and, and i'm not saying he did the right thing but um i understand where the decision came from mike it was mm-hmm. great hearing from you Thank for thank you for bringing us you know i didn't on the rundown i didn't have the vice documentaries but um i'm glad you brought them up because they're cool I'm, I'm looking forward to uh us seeing more of these documentaries. So, uh, and don't be a stranger, man. Keep calling. We'll be back every week doing this stuff. So, uh, don't be a stranger. And thanks a lot for keeping with us the last decade or so. Well,
0: you know, you know what? Thank you guys for having me on, and thank you for letting me talk and and, and bring up these good documentaries. And you know, as always, you guys are good in wrestling, and and you know, being being guys and liking wrestling, and loving wrestling, and this is what you do. And you're very entertain entertaining. So. Guys, take care. Rocky, take care of yourself, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, man. Take care, Mike. Bye bye.
2: Mike's
1: sticking with us there. And uh, I-, I typed it on the-, the Facebook Live, but if you're on Facebook Live and you want to hear the calls, I mean, as I'm talking about technology, just listen to the show. Yeah, that's. If you go on the show, or blog talk radio blog talk radio dot com or blogtalkradio slash blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Show, pop on the show. You can see. Um, me talking and you can you can hear like the calls uh through there and uh just gotta put it give a shout out to scott jones who actually said the beard is magnificent
2: it is magnificent
1: magnificent one more more difficult to think about shaving it you know like we've 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 gone down the road of wrestling documentaries there's a lot of wrestling we got to talk about and like sometimes you know you put stuff in the rundown and, and the, the way the show goes, it's like you kind of got to go with the flow. So all, all I got to say is, Sonali, Rasha Tawar, you are lucky that the <laughs> show has gone down another direction. And we're going to talk about some other things right now. But um, uh, I did want to, since we're, we're in the wrestling, we're kind of a primarily wrestling show. But we'll talk about a lot of other things. And I just, I did want to stick in that I, I, I've heard rumors that the Vice Series, they're going to do a Dino Bravo Documentary and that's that I want to See because that's one of those things that's like Shrouded in mystery Um, We know He got involved in some underhanded Shit we know that He was he was murdered and he Was executed and we know As far as the stories I've Heard that he was found dead On his couch with the remote Control still in his hand that he was Just shot in the back of the head like that's execution Style man he pissed off the Wrong people so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we get a Dino Bravo documentary, but I did want to hit on the fact that we've been gone for so long. And in all honesty, you know, there's a lot of shit that you don't know. And 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 the vibe of the show right now and what we're changing is, you know, there's a lot. Wow, my my beard looks really gray.
0: <laughs> like the way the light's
1: refracting here, it's just shit, man. Like what? It's the sun. Co- God damn moving this it's like the way the sun's hitting it like the bo- okay we're, we're good <laughs> um but i guess i i feel like the show got to a point where like we were really politically correct and sometimes at, at points we were just uh way too respectful for certain people and uh um you know we weren't as honest as we could be and, and, and that's where you know the show right now i, I just i want to be as honest as possible and i'm not going to say i'm going to go out of my way to bash people, but I'm, I'm not going to necessarily uh, shroud people or keep things a secret anymore. And, and there's stuff that like, you know, um, look. let's face it. We were both, we both went to wrestling school. Everyone knows we both were in IWF and IWF. Uh, everyone saw the chair, which is definitely the prized possession of all my memorabilia. And um, look, there was, we were doing the show. We were doing IWF, had to make sure we were watching Raw and SmackDown every every week and watching every pay-per-view, getting the show. And, and to be perfectly honest, getting involved in IWF was not necessarily the most enjoyable experience, and it wasn't the most uh, exciting experience. And it wasn't the, the kind of experience that kind of helped you fall in love with pro wrestling as I had hoped it would. I had hoped that, like, I kind of, you know, I loved pro wrestling, and I felt like I would get in the ring and, and learn the craft. And uh, there's a lot of shit, a lot of political bullshit that went on there and, and stuff I'm, I'm not going to get into, but stuff that, like, um, you know, maybe I, I, I didn't talk about. And, and maybe at some point I'll get into more specifics. But it didn't help as far as, my love of of pro wrestling. Now there were times, I mean, kudos to organizations like fundraiser wrestling, um, that honestly, and not that I'm any sort of expert, but for me, the best locker room, period on the independent circuit, um, friendly promoters knew what they were doing. Everyone got paid. It wasn't like when it was time to get paid, the promoter disappeared. Um, great locker room. Um, Pins and needles in the locker room at IWF, like what veteran was going to yell at you at a given night. Um, Going out to your matches, it was like you went out there more or less hoping you didn't make any sort of mistake because you're going to get reamed when you got back as opposed to kind of trying to let it flow. Um, So there was that. Um, There there was enjoyable moments on the independent scene. Uh, You know, I've talked before about wrestling magic. Uh, Those of you on the Northern New Jersey uh, Independency and we'll know who magic is Magic is a, an absolute legend And uh By far the most professional Legend that you could hope to get in the ring I shouldn't say the most professional legend That's bad because I've gotten in the ring with Nunzia, I've gotten in the ring with Robbie E But like he just He he coddled me which when you're new And you don't really know what you're doing Like you kind of need that and he was one of the few veterans That really coddled me and we put on a very Entertaining match but anyway I'm, I'm going off on a tangent um there was that, there was watching wrestling and, and doing the show, and, and quite frankly, I was a little burned out on pro wrestling. And when the technology thing happened, and the computer went, and then Dave was like, you know, I, I kind of want to do my own thing now, it kind of became a, uh, you know, maybe it's time for a break. And, and I didn't want it to be like the show is over, because um, I didn't want to go out like that. You know, and when the show ends, I want to be like, "All right, t- tonight's our final episode, and do it the way a final episode should be. Because like I said, I mean, and I get it now, the podcasting industry. I mean, when you got Jericho doing a podcast and you got Jim Ross doing a podcast and you got every, you know, if, if you ever like laced up the boots and were in the WWE and aren't in the WWE anymore, you're going to get a podcast. Um, so I get it. Like who the fuck's going to listen to me? Um, I get that the industry changed. When I started the show, there was a chance to get some traction um, now it's, it's more or less it, it's a hobby, it's a labor of love, um, but I was a little burnt on pro wrestling, so it was good to kind of get away from it and kind of try to rekindle that love of, of pro wrestling. And so, um, as much as I got away from the show, it wasn't like I got away from pro wrestling, and I started um, absorbing the product a little differently. I don't really sit and watch Raw or SmackDown start to finish anymore. Um, I, I'll watch segments. Uh if something bore like I, I generally watch it on D V R. So if something's boring me, I'll fast forward it. Um I'll watch things someone says this segment was awesome, I'll make sure I check out that segment. Oh, I heard this match was great, I'll check that out. It's funny because sometimes it's extremes. If someone says, Oh my god, this this thing sucked. Well, I gotta check that out too. I'm right? <laughs> gonna see, see why it sucked. Um so I, I, I consume the product a little differently. Um, you know, I know it's going on, but I don't watch um, you know, five hours religiously every every Monday and Tuesday night. I've gotten more into ROH and kind of checking them out. I'm not in no way, shape, or form an ROH expert, but I dig them. Yeah. Um, I dig what they're doing. But you, you and I, and I, I thought it was good that we both went and um, consumed uh, quite a bit of alcohol, uh, made a bunch of different friends, and constantly look at this. I, I finished my vodka. You did. Um, And we drank vodka, but we both of us went on the Jericho cruise, which is awesome. Yeah. And if you're honestly, and if you guys on the Facebook live didn't hear, Rocky went, it was awesome. Um, But we, if you're a wrestling fan, what was that? I have no idea. Something, did I drop my phone? No, it's there. All right. Well, something fell somewhere. (laughs) Could be the house falling apart. So again, we're going to, we're going to know another extended hiatus, but, um, Oh, the Jericho Cruz was something else. And and I the one thing that kills me and wrestling fans like especially like newer fans like there's one thing I gotta say like like younger like millennial wrestling fans fuck you, um like because I I, the thing with wrestling embrace it as a fan and that's what I think is frustrating like wrestling fans will look I've gone to ROH shows um, show. (laughs) Show. We went yeah. to an ROH show First time I ever went to an ROH show um, You know we went on the Jericho Cruise Was every match A five star match No No Was every match on the Jericho Cruise Did they hit it out of the park No No there were clunkers There's, there's no I, I, you know What am I doing There were clunkers there But the thing is what made the Jericho Cruise great And which really helped me to kind of fall in love With wrestling again is that the fans all bought in. The fans all bought in. The fans all thought that they were at something special. The fans booed the heels and cheered the faces. And they were into it. And if there was a fuck-up in the match, they kind of let it go. Maybe you'd get a a short, like, you fucked-up chance, and then it would go away, and and that was it. And people would still, like, kind of embrace the moment and enjoy the moment. And then you go to a WrestleMania, and assholes that are bored with a match decide, "Oh my God, let's get a let's get a beach ball out, or let's do the wave." And it and it's so disappointing that you know buy in as a fan, and and that's what's frustrating. Because I enjoyed myself on the cruise, and I enjoyed myself at WrestleMania, but I feel like fans of the same age, it's it's the same subculture of the wrestling fan are the ones that completely buy in at the, the Jericho Cruise, but decide they need to start the wave during Batista versus Triple H at WrestleMania. And, and that's like the, the weird thing. Like, I got along with those people. The Jericho Cruise is awesome. Let's just start there. Yeah. If you're a wrestling fan, um, I don't give a shit. Even I, I was not an ROH fan. And in all honesty, if I could name five ROH wrestlers, it would have been a lot going on that cruise. And I just went on that cruise honestly with the idea of I'm going to try to fall in love with pro wrestling again. And we watched a lot of ROH matches. We watched Impact Wrestling and ROH do stuff together. Jericho gets some kick-ass bands. Um, We saw Fozzy years ago in Arizona. They sucked. They kind of sucked. Um, They're great now. Like, Jericho and, and his band, they really put their shit together. They're, they're a tight-knit band. Um, the other a Blizzard of Ozzy, just a great Ozzy tribute band. So even I went there for the wrestling. I love the music. Made some good friends that we're still in touch with. Um, hoping some of them go on the cruise next go-around, which is in January. But I cannot recommend... It enough that if you are a wrestling fan if you can swing it financially hit the Jericho cruise it was it was a, a
3: hell of a lot
1: of fun and even if you're an old school guy I, I took in two of Mick Foley's live shows um, we didn't do I mean when you think about all the shit we did we didn't even go to any of the signings no, there was too many things going on like too many too much of the sun shining and too much of the rock and roll and the wrestling to, for me to stand inside online and get someone to sign a piece of paper. I, I was just like, no, that's not, there's other shit I got to do. Um, I did some DDP yoga. And the cool thing about the cruise is that all the wrestlers are around, you know, and we're sharing an elevator ride with Jay Lethal. You know, it's like that sort of shit happens. You know, we're just kind of hanging out at the bar with Silas Young. I'm sharing dog pictures with Sammy Callahan, like we're going back and forth talking about our dogs. It was just a blast. And I can't say enough positive stuff about it. So Rocky, whatever you guys, I mean, you're on the cruise too. We had a blast from what we remember. Um, <laughs> it's a good time.
2: Oh no, it's definitely. And granted, there was copious amounts of alcohol too. <laughs> But that being said, you know, just like you were saying, talking about Sammy Callahan, Sammy Callahan, freaking stole the microphone from me at karaoke. I'm like, Hey, uh, you know the the, the wrestlers they, they were they were great. The crowd they were great. And as you said, Ken, you know the the differences between wrestling crowds between the Cruise of Jericho and WrestleMania. And as the same as you, I enjoyed both. However, at the Cruise of Jericho, as you I, I wasn't that well versed in ROH. Uh, I knew some of the guys, didn't know all the guys. But the matches, the, the crowd was invested. They cheered at the right spots. They booed at the right spots. They were into it, you know. For for all of being in the you know tropical weather, not one beach ball to be seen. Uh, you know, no no one's doing the wave. We're all just really focused on the performers and watching them perform. I can say at WrestleMania, even though I enjoyed myself, the guy sitting, if I remember correctly, in front of us to our right. If I could have, I would have dropped a. Bowling
0: <laughs>
2: for Christ's freaking sake, people! You, you know, uh, it, it takes a lot. It it takes a lot, and people don't appreciate how much it takes to lock away violent tendencies in a marine. And I, I really have to keep that bottle up. But for Christ's freaking sake, for one day, if I if I could get away with no consequences, I would have dropped a bowling ball continuously on that idiot's head. And I, I, there was like three of them, and I think they were dressed. They were, they were like dressed like skin row. I I don't know what,
3: <laughs> I I don't
2: remember what exact costumes or what, what they were supposed to be or they thought they were cool and you know it was it was nice that WrestleMania was in you know close to New York in New Jersey but Jesus Christ we had to you know, those three guys I can tell they were from down the street and I wanted to murder all three of them because you know again in this day and age I understand wrestling is wrestling is just like society wrestling constantly changes. And what's favorite constantly changes. And look, if you don't want to see two behemoths going at it, uh, you know, fine. Look, there, there's plenty of wrestling out there. And there are plenty of different styles. And there's plenty of stuff that people like and people don't like. And if you don't like it, I get it. But if you don't like it, don't get in the, in the way of me liking it. Because I want to see freaking Triple H and Batista go at it. I want to see the, those big freaking heavyweights just tee off on each other just because you find that boring, then you can just sh- sit down and shut up and not try to have to interrupt my enjoyment of said match.
1: And especially when you look at Mania, um, look, well, well, I mean, is Mania still going on? I, 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 I mean, Jesus Christ, like, I mean, the show is so goddamn long. I mean, go take a piss. Yeah. Like, in all honesty, like, if, if you're not liking a match, why, why do you choose to remain in the stands and, and shit on him. Like, what, what's the point? If you didn't like and granted, I'll tell you something, and I, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch it over again, but I did think Batista Triple H dragged a little bit from, from watching it live, and I do think that as far as all the matches on the card, that did not deserve to get the most time. That was the longest match on the card. You're, you know, And I like, I like both those guys. Yeah. Two old men, though. Like, when you think about two old men going at it in like, an ass-kicking, having the longest match on the card is probably not the best booking. I thought the match had its moments. I thought the crowd was shitting on it almost immediately, which was like, all right, so you're not even giving these guys a chance. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't get that. And I, I wish wrestling fans would kind of get more like they were on the Jericho Cruise. Yeah. And if you're going to WrestleMania and it's the show of shows, it's a showcase of the immortals. Fucking enjoy it, man. Like, why do you go there and decide, I'm going to shit on this? Oh, look, I started the wave. Like, the motherfuckers were booing me when I sat down and our section started, yeah, fuck that, I stopped the wave. <laughs> that's goddamn right. I took pride in stopping the wave. So, I mean, that's the shit that kind of got under my skin. And it's funny, because we went to the G1 show at the Garden the night before. Um, we didn't go to the Hall of Fame, which is the first time in a while. Yeah. And, um, again, this was all part of the process of kind of falling in love with pro wrestling again. That's why you're all getting, like, the history of, of what's happened on, on our hiatus here. And, um, look, and we didn't shit on it, but I'll tell you something. New Japan, Japanese style, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. It just doesn't, as a wrestling fan, and I'm not, if you're a fan of it, if that's your gig, cool, man. That, I mean, fine. I, I'm not going to fault you, but, like, there was shit going on in matches where someone would throw a hip toss. Or, this is awesome! What the fuck? Really? I mean, like there was stuff in matches where like a this is awesome chant would start, and I'm like, I I'm not getting it. But look, if that's your gig. Fine. I wasn't sitting there trying to get a wave started or, or trying to get people to boo the match. It was just kind of, all right, cool. This is this is what you guys are into. Um, not my cup of tea. It was easy for me to leave. Um, Leave early that show. Like, once I saw the, the ROH championship match, like, I was good to go. Like, I, I was cool with leaving. I had seen enough. Um, God, I'm probably getting such hate right now. Like, you have a show early. Uh, well,
2: well, hell, if you're going to get hate, then I'm going to get hate because, look, as you said, Ken, if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. And uh, I legitimately, at some point in the show, just, just took a nap. And, <laughs> like, look, I'm sorry. And I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the performers themselves. The, the Japanese performers, they are obviously extremely athletic. They can obviously do very acrobatic things. I'm not an acrobatic wrestling type guy. Uh, like, if you're, doing a, if you're doing a floor routine, in my opinion, keep that, out, keep that out on the freaking floor. They're not in the wrestling ring. If I'm watching a wrestling match, I want to see violence. I want to see two people committing violence against each other try to win a wrestling match Uh, maybe i'm old school maybe i'm an old fart at this point i don't know (laughs) but i could have swore that wrestling was about violence call me freaking crazy
1: yeah and scott jones actually on on our facebook live feed he actually said uh that he actually got into had words with someone and and said if you're going to hate everything and shit on it why waste your money on a ticket and the guy wound up leaving right before the women's tag match which was like that's early. If you're gonna spend money on Mania, wow. like you're gonna leave uh, then. But I, thought, I thought Mania, you know, aside from the length, I thought it was a good show. Um, they, to me, they need to cut down the line. If you, if you Gosh. cut down, if you took some of those matches and cut out some of the dead wood, that people would be looking at thirty five as an all time great WrestleMania. Um, no disrespect. Uh, But Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan stole the show, which left the women kind of underwhelming, and especially, dude, I was just saying, man, like we're when we were in IWF, and we would get to the we would get to the show, we had to get there like two hours before showtime, and there were times like if you had a a match like even it was just post intermission, it was like, God, man, I gotta wait like two hours until I wrestle. It sucks. I can't imagine being the women in, in at WrestleMania. And main eventing, the first ever ladies main event, and, and you're waiting like 24 hours from like the start of the show to like go on. That's insane. That's gotta be crazy, the, the length of time you had to wait. Um, but no disrespect to them, but I think you came out of, I kind of felt a little underwhelmed. Good match. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good. I it was a solid match um, by far. And, and, Call us, 347 And I know we're a few weeks late, but fuck you. We're getting back on things. We're telling you what we've been doing during our, our uh, hiatus. Um, I, I don't think there's even a contest. Kofi and and Gang uh, O'Brien stole the show. Um, I've never looked at Kofi as a main eventer. Very talented, good storytell like a guy who like is able to mix that athleticism that we're kind of talking about from like the New Japan guys, but works it into actual storytelling. Um, and I've always liked Kofi, uh, Daniel Bryan, and the, and Kofi had such chemistry. They made me a believer in Kofi as a main eventer. Um, the story going into the match was phenomenal. The story they told between the ropes was phenomenal. Um, they just told a great story. And I think with the ladies, the storytelling, at least outside the ring, peaked too early, which I think hurt them a bit. But when I look back at Mania, to me, when I think of Pops, I think number one, Hulkamania. I oh, mean, God, yes. holy cow, <laughs> Alexa Bliss. I can create a Mania moment with a snap of my fingers. When it comes <laughs> crashing down and it hurts. Uh, 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 uh. You are impressed that I have a Hulkamania bandana, on, and it's actually on Darth Maul's skull. I just ripped off his head. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think at that point I told you I fell in love with Alexa Bliss. I did a little bit. <laughs> um, I think she's got to be on the list. That Michelle gave me a pass. I should just show everyone on Facebook. <laughs> this is actually on the the studio. So this is on my desk here. I right think you see it. And, he, and he's got the. But it's actually a bank, so when I brought him on camera, I could just pull the top of his head off. Morbid, isn't it? Anyway, um, but I felt like the pops of the night, um, really, if you go like it, it was Hulk Hogan, it was Kofi winning the title, and it was Thuganomics. Oh, yeah. John Tina's Thugonomics. Um, maybe fourth, you look at the, the Becky winning the title, but um, I would have to go with fourth. Um, I'd probably go as much as I'd like to be biased towards Hulk I'd have to go with Kofi winning the title. I, I just. Wrestling, and this is the thing, man. With new fans, and I want to get your take on it because we've both been in the ring. Um, wrestling is storytelling. It's storytelling. It's storytelling outside the ring and inside the ring. Um, that's that's what makes wrestling great. If, if it's all about flips and, and gymnastics and athleticism, and I respect what those guys can do in the ring, but I mean go find like Barnum and Bailey and get some like trapeze artists and have them do some shit in the ring. That's what it's about. It's about that story. And, and you know, when every so often and it's rare um, and it should be because it takes a a lot of talent, but every so often you just see that, like that really great storytelling unfold And, and Kofi and Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan respect guy who, I would have bet against him ever being a fide heel after his face rung because, you know, wrestling fans are all about, you know, like, oh, he's a cool heel, so I'm going to cheer him even though he's a heel because I kind of like him because he's kind of edgy. And Daniel Bryan created a real heel character. Um, Kofi created a real underdog character. And they told a great story going in. And between the ropes, man, they told a great story where – and I don't know about you, but I would have bet that Kofi was going to win. However, watching that match, there were a few times where I thought Daniel was going to retain where I was like, wow, maybe they're going to go in a different direction. Watching wrestling for 30-some-odd years, you get a knack for having an idea where things are going to go. And as a 47-year-old wrestling fan who has been to – Twelve WrestleManias, and it seen its fair share of wrestling. They still they brought me into that story. They got me going. And again, as I talk about our hiatus and falling in love with pro wrestling again, it was a lot of fun to be on that emotional roller coaster.
2: No, absolutely. That match. I, I don't think there could be a question that that match was match of the night. Um And as you said, the the storytelling was phenomenal. Not not to uh, not to quote AJ Styles. Uh, co- because honestly, in, in that ma- going into that match, I did not know who was going to come out of it. I, if if I had to, if I was put on the spot right beforehand, I was probably leading towards uh, Daniel Bryan because, as you said, Ken, uh, and maybe he was just a sleeper. I've never seen Kofi as you know, oh Kofi's going to get the big strap. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just never never saw that happening. Obviously, the possibility was there with the match. Um, but I didn't know. And so what you said as far as uh, Daniel Bryan developing a heel character, I thought, like you said, after that face run, it was going to be a tough sell for DB to be healed. But the thing that really sold me is when he came out with, with, with the hemp belt. The hemp, <laughs> belt. the hemp belt for me, that was the crown jewel of that whole gimmick. I was like, holy smokes. A freaking hemp belt. That's, that's tremendous. That is absolutely tremendous. Yeah, he, because as me, as many WrestleManias as you've been to, and now I've been to a couple, and just wrestling events in general, you see guys, you know, walking around with belts all the bloody time. And when, as soon as Daniel Bryan came out with that belt, I thought to myself, it "Was like now you're gonna have guys carving out their own damn belts?" Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Were those belts ever sold by a WWE shop? I, I'm just. I'm curious.
1: I think they, they, like, recently, like, they got added to the WWE, which is also awesome.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. and But more to the point, I, I, like, I see people, now they're just going to carve their own freaking belts. It's going to be hilarious. But uh, the, all, that, all that being said, the story within the ropes, it was absolutely tremendous. The, the timing, the chemistry, everything in that mess, the highs and the lows. And you, like I said, up to the, I say up to the last, you know, five seconds, you really didn't know where this was going to go. You really didn't know who was going to come out of this. And when Kofi when Kofi got the one, two, three, that place exploded. It was electric. It truly, for someone, you know, who knows, uh, the, of those in attendance who are not wrestling fans, you just said, hey, WrestleMania is close. And you want to go see a wrestling show? Obviously, it was a long slog through it. But as far as that match is concerned, I can see that match itself making new wrestling
1: fans. Agreed. And Scott Jones tells us that the hemp belt was sold at Access. So Scott Jones <laughs> giving us a lot. I I, I had to go back. as like I, I didn't read all of Scott Jones's comment before, and he actually said when he was talking about the guy in front of him, he's <laughs> this is great. Would not stop being a negative yam bag piece of shit. <laughs> That, that is just the quote of the feed. If anyone else can beat that tonight, but that is the quote of the live feed. Negative, yambag, piece of shit. That is awesome. Um, what I, and the thing with that, you know, I like Kofi. You know, Kofi, oh, yeah. and and, and, all, and, I, and no disrespect. This is going to come off so disrespectful, but, you know, it's almost kind of like, yeah, good little wrestler. Good little wrestler, guy like, look, look, look. I'm being honest. Like, let's just look at how the WWE is, is booked him. WWE booked him as like the, the token spot for the Royal Rumble. Has anybody, has anybody on the live feed, anybody ever thought that Kofi was going to win the Royal Rumble? Has anyone ever thought that? Has anyone ever thought, like, when you start to think about the road to WrestleMania, before this year, anyone thought, ooh, I wonder if Kofi's going to get a main event spot. I mean, it's, it's never been the case. He's never been that guy. So I've always liked Kofi. But I can't say that I'm like, oh, I'm a Kofi fan. I gotta go get a, a Kofi T-shirt. Or like, you know, great wrestler. We actually met him years ago. Super nice guy. Took a picture with us. Good guy. Um, what I really appreciate about that is I can only for for a live experience. I can only compare it to WrestleMania 25, Taker versus Shawn Michaels. Now the thing is, I'm a huge Undertaker fan. Popped hard when Undertaker won that match. Same kind of vibe. There were times where, like, I, you know, would have bet money on Taker, but there are times where, like, oh shit, are they gonna have Michaels win this match? Like, they they actually got me engrossed in that match. They got me to. There was a point in that match where, when the match ended, you kind of felt the air go out of the building because the crowd was actually emotionally exhausted. It was kind of that same vibe, which was tough. Like putting that in the middle of the card when you have an eight hour event because I kind of felt like the crowd was emotionally exhausted. What I give them a lot of credit for was I'm not a big Kofi fan, but I popped hard when Absolutely. he when he won that match. When he won that match, I jumped out of my seat, hugs were given, high fives to strangers, and I I knock I again not a huge Kofi fan, but they told the story where, number one, I'm a big Kofi fan now yeah. because any, any man who can hold the crowd in the palm of their hands like that, I got respect for. Um, and they got me in. They, they, I bought in. So I thought that was, that was just absolutely um, phenomenal. And, and it was cool because, again, in that WrestleMania crowd where you don't know what the fan base is going to do and how they're going to react. You know, and, and no, I keep saying no disrespect, but fuck, I'm not disrespecting anybody. So just if, if you think I'm being disrespectful, fuck you. Um, but like an ROH crowd, you know, that ROH crowd is very a rabid fan base and they, they 100% buy in. Yeah. So in all honesty, on some levels, it's a lot easier as a wrestler, to get the crowd to do what you want them to do, because that crowd is there to buy in. It's a little more difficult with that WrestleMania crowd. Sure. There's a big chunk of that WrestleMania crowd that goes there to shit on something. They're looking to find something wrong. They're looking to see you screw up somewhere. They're looking to see the match start dragging. They're looking for a bad spot. They want you to slip on the ropes when you start to climb up to the top, and to get that entire stadium to go along on that journey because the wrestling fan has changed since WrestleMania 25. Sure. WrestleMania 25, it was more there was more camaraderie. There was there wasn't as much of this hatred. There wasn't as much of hey we're going there to boo shit. Um, it's changed. So for Kofi and Daniel Bryan to bring everything. Uh, to bring all the fan bases together, I thought was just absolutely phenomenal. And when and we talk about, like, wrestling fan base, when we look at things, and, and it's amazing that, you know, wrestling fans today, um, you know, they, they they look for things to shit on. And as much as wrestling fans will look at and we talk about it, and you'll hear fans and younger fans say, we want storytelling. We want things to develop. We want to see, you know, a, a journey. You know, we want to see this, we want to see that. But then – they're not patient enough to see it unfold. And when you when you watch this past week on Monday Night Raw, and I'm not saying it was necessarily a home run, but when you look at Bray Wyatt and, and his new the new version of Bray Wyatt per se, um I'm not gonna say I'm in love with it. I'm not gonna say it's something that was necessarily knocked out of the park per se, but it was something like I want to see where it goes. I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with this character. Is this going to be it? Is this going to be, um, you know, is he going to break someday? You know, I get like I can let you some.
0: Oh, something. <laughs> welcome to the
1: Candy Funhouse.
3: <laughs> mm, I was a bad man, anyway.
1: Um, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I, it kind of like, you know, and and. and even, like, now, when, when people look back on, like, The Undertaker and, and his American Badass character, and I'm like, the American Badass character was fucking awesome. The American badass, and the uh-huh. American Badass character was great because, number one, anyone knows anything about, like, and you know, not that I'm an expert, but if you know anything about the subculture of motorcycle clubs, it's well within reason that there could be a guy in a motorcycle club nicknamed The Undertaker. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it made sense that he was riding a Harley, dressed like that, calling himself the Undertaker. It still worked. Plus the fact it re-energized the dead man when the dead man eventually came back. Bray Wyatt has got this, like, he's a great promo guy. He's got this real sinister way about him. He's a talented guy. A guy his size shouldn't be able to move the way he does. He's got a really interesting move set. And He's done a lot so far. Where, where where do you go? Where do you go with this character? He's been sinister. He's he's been evil. He's he's you know he's he's been with with Woken Matt Hardy. He's wrestled the Undertaker. You know he's he's had these matches at his, at his like shack in the backwoods and shit. You know where do you go with this character? And and I think it was intriguing that rather than, and, and we shit on the writers enough, but rather than thinking all right, how can we make Bray darker? How can we make him darker? Like, what can we do, you know, make him more evil? Like, what, like, and, and that's an easy way to go. And I'm not saying that necessarily wouldn't have worked, but instead they went the exact opposite direction. And it, and it really, it's like knowing the old character, Bray, you're kind of sitting there wondering, well, when when's, when's the sinister, you know, Vibe gonna come out. When's he actually gonna like lose his mind and go back to that? like what what's actually going on there? It almost reminds me of, and not that it was the character itself, but have you seen a one hour photo uh,
0: with Robin yeah, Williams. Yes,
1: I have. okay, yes. So it's like when Robin Williams, like everyone who knows Robin Williams knows Robin Williams as. A... And when he was like super calm, it was like it was so goddamn creepy. <laughs> and, and even though like early in the movie he didn't know where the movie was going. And you didn't know, like, how, you know, messed up his character was. It, initially, he was just kind of an odd guy who was working at, at a one-hour photo. You, for you kids out there, we used to have to take film <laughs> to, to, to a pharmacy or a one-hour photo and then wait and hope that we didn't cut off people's heads when we got the photos back. Um But, yeah, it was like that sort of vibe where, like, knowing who Robin Williams has been in different characters and um, on talk shows and everything, seeing him that closed off and that reserved kind of added to the creepiness. So I thought it was benign on some levels, but almost more creepy. So I kind of dug it, and I kind of want to see where it's going to go.
2: As you said, we want, you know, people clamor for storytelling, 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 and then they act as if a story is told on a single page. Anyway, look, Bray Wyatt's character, Bray Wyatt has a, a lot of talent. He has a lot of talent on the mic, and he has a lot of talent on the ring. And as far as the Bray Wyatt character was concerned, I think obvious, I think no one can really argue the character itself was a hit. Um, and he, and he, he took it and he ran with it. But if you look at uh, a lot of the great wrestlers, uh, guys who have been in the business 10, 20, 30 years, one of the things that keeps their careers alive is reinvention. Um, you can't stay with one, you know, quote-unquote gimmick for too long. Or else it gets too stale. And I, obviously, this, this, is a, this is a facet of the Bray Wyatt character that, like you said, we got thrown a curveball. It was completely out of left field. No one saw this coming, and from that angle, I can kind of understand people uh, with a little trepidation, like, eh, I don't know if this works, but folks, let the character breathe. Like, within 10 minutes, if you looked on Twitter, I wasn't watching it. I didn't watch the Firefly Funhouse when it first, uh, when it first aired. I watched it later. But but just by my Twitter feed alone, I can tell within the first five to ten minutes that, okay, obviously something's going on with Bray Wyatt because all of a sudden there's a lot of hate online. I'm like, folks, it's a new character. Let the damn thing breathe. See where he goes. You already have faith in the guy. You already have faith in the talent of the guy. Let's see where he takes this. Let's see how – because it's still off-putting. You know, what, yes. what, what, whether, yes. you, whether you're a fan of the gimmick or not, off the gate, it's still very off-putting. So l- let's see where he goes with this. He was an off-putting character to start. And, you know, obviously, it was a lot more sinister bent the first go-around. Let's see where this goes around. And therefore, the story is told. The the the, the patience level of some people is just, you know, IWC, sometimes I wish I could coll- collectively slap you in a goddamn face.
1: Well because it, it's like you contradict yourself. Like you wanna see storytelling, you wanna see character development, you wanna see, you know, the, the slow burn, you wanna see so, you wanna see something different. I mean what I mean, is there anything that you can compare this to in recent memory? So you're seeing something different. Yeah. Um it's not like we've gone from Bray Wyatt to, you know, Dr. Isaac Yankum. Okay. He's like he's still Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Okay, so there's still room for, much like the American badass, there's still room for at some point him going back to some incarnation of the original Bray Wyatt character. So there's still room for that. Um they've given us something different. I love and it, it's kind of creepy, the the children's so- sound effects.
2: Yeah. When he's
1: like, I was a bad man. Boo <laughs> I deserve that. I, I mean, all that stuff I thought was like really, like you said, I think the best word is off-putting, which, you know, for that character, you know, why shouldn't we be looking at him thinking, what is he going to do next? Like what's what's going to happen next? Like, or even is he a face or a heel? You know, what, what is, like who is he? You know, it's a weird, it's almost like, to me it's almost better, but it's almost like Doink. You know, when Doink first came in and he was like this, you know, obviously top to bottom looked like a circus clown, but he was an evil prick. And, and, you know, for, you know, and I forgot, I remember in in literature learning about, you know, we were were reading Edgar Allan Poe. We were reading uh, The Casco of And I'm I'm talking literature. This is when, like, most wrestling fans are turning (laughs) us off. Yeah, this is tuning out. But I I remember they were talking, like, our our English teacher talking about how, you know, something horrific happening during Carnival is a literary technique that that makes things seem worse. That you can have, not that it doesn't work, but you can have something scary happen in a haunted house. But the setting is scary. So you're kind of, as much as they can make you jump or make you, you know, startled, um, it's still the setting is already scary. You're kind of expecting something scary to happen. If something sinister happens, it might give you a start. But your mindset, you're kind of you're kind of prepared for that on some levels. It, it's when you put something in a setting that's normally good, normally fun. You know, have someone you know murdered at a circus. That's off putting if that's in a movie or in a book. You know, you know, so, someone's murdered at a playground. Um, things like that really add to um, a Sinister nature or something It makes things seem That much worse you know someone killed in a haunted House and someone Killed in a fun house it's like The fun house just it's one death But it almost seems that much more Sinister and I just think it's its kind of added Depth to this It dead Layers to Bray Wyatt and it, it As an audience it has this questioning Where is he going to go
2: No, absolutely. I, I, if, I, if I can Throw in there one parallel that I thought of you know Maybe it's a a little bit of a, not not much of a stretch, but people who uh, remember wrestling way back when, you know, you remember Dustin Rhodes. He was the son of Dusty Rhodes and he played Dustin Rhodes and he was a straight-laced character and he was, you know, the son of a plumber, the son of a a plumber. But, you know, when he did the Goldust character originally, Everyone on the collective heads like, "What the hell are they doing with Dusty? What are they doing with the son of Dusty Rhodes? Look at what the the getup, and just think of the depth that that added that he brought to that character, the the directions that he went. Uh, You know, it's something completely different. You know, obviously there there's more of a sinister element to this character, but you got to let the story breathe.
1: Absolutely." Agree, And, like, so, I mean, I guess to, to close out talking about that, like, you know, your fans are wrong.
2: <laughs> You're just wrong.
1: You're just wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where this is going to go. And, and, you know, things like – and we're running out of time. And I, I want to hit on Goldust because uh, Dustin put that character to, to bed. So I'd like to kind of end with, with talking a little bit about Goldust. But, um, you know, there are things – you know, in wrestling, like, look, AJ Styles versus Rollins, like, I know it's going to be a great match, but there's an expect. like, all right, yeah, we got AJ versus Rollins, there's no, the, like, the story there is not, I think, between the ropes, it's going to be really good, those guys are two very gifted performers, yeah. it doesn't do a lot for me, though, like, storytelling-wise, it doesn't, I'm not engrossed in either one of those characters, um, you know, there's not a lot, uh, especially with the WWE, that, like, you're, you kind of get engrossed in, in a character. Like I just said, I, you know, I was wholeheartedly into the Kofi Daniel Bryan thing because they, they, they came up with a really good storyline. They kind of got me and and pulled me in. This is something that's kind of out of the box and fans need to stop shitting on things when the writers decide, Hey, let's take a chance and try something out. And I guarantee you fans that are shitting on this, this is not just the writers and creative Bray Wyatt's got a hand in this. Oh, absolutely. Bray Wyatt is giving the go ahead on this Bray Wyatt, this is not something that in a shooting three years from now that Bray Wyatt's going to say, they forced me to do that. He's got his hand in this. He, he's he's influencing this this storyline a little bit. So I I just kind of want to see it. Look, watching it now, could they shit the bed with this and it be an absolute disaster? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's necessarily, you know, a home run. This is like almost like one of those things where like, you know, Guy from AAA comes up to the bigs and like hits a ball hard, but maybe flies out, and everyone starts shitting on him right away. It's like, well, you know, it's his first game, first game. Let's let's see what top prospect. Let's see what he's gonna do. You know, we don't we don't shit on him just because he flied out as his first at bat. You know, this is a, a new version of Bray Wyatt. Let's let's see where it's gonna go. Let's let's get uh, you know into it, and if if it sucks a few months down or a few weeks down the road, like all right, it sucks, but. I think it's something intriguing and and worth getting a chance to. And in all honesty, as far as storytelling goes, it's one of the more, one of the things I'm most intrigued in right now with uh, WWE programming, but with about less than five minutes to go and and you brought up Goldust and, uh, and as Dustin uh, officially this week, and never say never in pro wrestling, but retired the Goldust character and, look, there are a lot of incarnations over the years with Goldust, uh, you know, the stuttering, there was comedic Goldust. Um, there was Goldust where they just kind of blurred the lines and kind of showed it's Dustin and they showed Dustin putting the makeup on. I mean, there's um, a lot of versions, but going back to when Goldust started and, you know, better or worse and maybe a conversation for another day when, you know, nowadays, you um, being, not cool. it's not. It's, being homophobic is not cool. It's not. Being homophobic is not cool. It was a little more acceptable back in the day. And, and honestly, pro wrestling would, uh, because of that, would kind of push that button at times to kind of get a reaction out of crowds. And uh, you had Agent Adonis come out of the closet years before, but nobody quite pushed that homophobia button more than, than uh, Goldust did. And he never really came out as a gay character, quote, unquote, um, but he was a heel, and whether he was gay or just wearing women's lingerie, he was still a badass. Um, he was a tremendous heel. Uh, the backlot brawl with Roddy Piper was unbelievable, and for the most part, this guy was a mid Carter as Goldust. Um, but I don't think enough could be said on how great that character was when. Dustin came up with the character. Kudos to him for coming up with that character in that time period, a character that was very edgy uh, at a time when the WWF was not being that edgy. Um, Dave, former co-host, used to say that he was the pioneer of the Attitude Era, one of those first edgy characters. So for me, Dustin, I'm sure you're not listening, but if you are or if someone knows him and is listening, much respect, one of the greatest characters in the history of pro wrestling, bar none. Great work, and I will throw it to you, Roth. Just a, a little bit on Goldust because I, I I don't think enough can be said on how great that character was.
2: Oh no, a great character, and and not for nothing, you know, Dustin was like fine wine in the ring. The older he got, the better he got, and it, it was. I would put Goldust up against more than half the locker room. I bet he can go longer than more than half the locker room. The the character was tremendous. Uh, The talent off the charts, obviously, if you look at his bloodline. And not for nothing, I think he's making me really excited for this potential showdown with his brother for AEW, you know, double or nothing. I am looking forward to that because, you know, I think the Rhodes brothers – are gonna tell one
1: hell of a story in the ring. Yeah, and I think and Cody's great. But I think because like I and mean, all the great things that Cody's doing, I think on some levels it kind of overshadows how great Dustin is. I mean Dustin came back and looked like he, he found the found the youth. Uh, but that character was phenomenal. And our friend Mike Riker, who we gotta get him on the show, on right? uh, Facebook Live, and I remember hearing the story too, but just how much you Dustin bought into the character um, that Dustin wanted to get breast implants. At, at one point Because um, they thought that would be something interesting For Goldust Which uh,
2: would have been very interesting yeah, to, to put on, um,
1: like... But yeah I agree I think the Rhodes Brothers are going to put on a hell of a show um, Cody is so gifted um, But let's not overlook What Dustin was uh, at That is the case In fact that we will never see Goldust again Um, When you look at the longevity, and I can't say I was in love with all the versions of Goldust, but um, the character endured. Uh, Dustin found a way to keep the character going, and as we talked about with Bright, sometimes you got to tweak the character to kind of keep it relevant, to keep it new, to keep it exciting. Um, So not enough positive things to be said for, for Dustin, so... If Goldust is in fact retired, much respect and thank you for the years of entertainment. I, I just watched the backlog ball recently again. Do yourself a favor. Go back and watch that match again. Absolutely. Maybe we should just do like a watch song. We'll do matches right, okay. as we're rebranding the show. We'll just do a match and we'll watch it one all night. Right. But all y'all that tuned in tonight, thank you so much for tuning in. Facebook Live. <laughs> Why not? We'll be back next week. Thank you all for tuning in. It's cheat meal time. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.